This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast where we encourage you to tell your priest at confession, Daddy, I've been a bad girl. I'm Yvette, your co-host, and here is Alice Vaughn, my lovely co-host, who I have finally seen naked. Alice, how are you, and would you like to tell our listeners about the time that I saw you very naked? So what am I describing? The instance <laughs> of which you saw me naked, my own body, your body, all of the bodies we saw naked, because there was more than one body. We saw some lovely bodies. We, so Alice was out here last week. She had a week between ending one job and starting a new one. Congratulations on your new job, by the way, Thank Alice. Thank you, my dear. I'm very excited for you. And you also got to go right after coming to visit me to Barcelona. So we'll talk about that too. And you had a week out here and we had a lot of fun. And one of the things we did, because I, I love this, if you live in LA and you haven't done this yet, or if you're just out here visiting, you have to. There's a place called We Spa and there are other uh, Korean spas in the area. And it's just so wonderful. Oh, Alice, go ahead. You look like you're you're bursting. There was a tiny Korean woman who scrubbed every inch of my body raw. Oh, yeah. And that is the greatest feeling I've ever had in a long time. Is that weird to say? Other than sex. Yeah, well, it's up there. It's up there. I've had some sex that was worse than having my body scrubbed raw, definitely. It probably wasn't as rough as the Korean woman scrubbing my body raw, though. I've had some rough sex before. I don't know. Like, some were close. And I mean, if you want to know what we're talking about, there is a video of Conan O'Brien, uh, that Conan O'Brien, getting this done. Like, he went to Wee Spa on a, you know, for a thing for the show. And it looks when he's getting it done because he's a, look, Conan, I love you. You're hilarious. But you were a whining fucking man baby in this, <laughs> in this clip. Like, if you don't don't like abrasiveness, if you don't like exfoliation, it'll suck. But if you're someone who's like, yeah, I love that feeling of a bristly brush or a loofah on my skin. Oh my God, this wonderfully sweet Korean lady. If you're a woman, it's a lady. I, I don't, I don't know what happens in the men's locker room, but they scrub the shit out of you. And then they wash your hair and you're just like, oh, I'm going to, your skin feels so wonderful afterwards. And it's in the women's and men's locker room there. And this is funny. My husband told me this women's locker room and each one they're segregated. And then there's a main part that's co-ed and in the women's locker room, like every, you're all naked. It's all in the area that's hot tubs and saunas. You know, you get in there and the rule is past this point. No clothing. So, yeah, Alice and I finally saw each other naked. And let me tell you, she's lovely. Aww. Well, every curve of you is lovely. Aww. You have very lovely lady lumps. Alice and I are both part of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. And Aww. it's I'm just telling you, <laughs> Itty Bitty Titties are lovely. Alice's are beautiful and they have not been affected by the ravages of time and gravity. So good on you, girl. You know what? What can I say? It's youth and them just never fully developing. So that's why <laughs> they will always look pubescent because they are. You know what? They're working for you. I, I'll take it. Um, this is getting into weird territory. <laughs> <laughs> As if this podcast doesn't already go yeah. there. Quick little uh, funny thing that my husband told me. So in the women's locker room, like I told him, I'm like, yeah, the last, you know, each time I'm in there when, you know, past my first time, there's always, uh, you know, someone who's their first time in there and they're like, where do I go? What do I do? How does this work? And, you know, I've been there enough times now because, and it's only $25 for admission and you get all these wonderful hot tubs and saunas and it's just- They're it's, not paying us for this sponsorship, we promise. No, it's, I just, I love it so much. Although we wouldn't mind. Yeah, I, I doubt we Spa would pay for me to, anyways, but I love this place. But here's thing. Women's locker room, very nurturing, very like women chat in there. I've always, because we're chicks and we talk, like we end up chatting. Did you say women chat in there? 
Well, I'm sure that happens too, but you know, hopefully in the bathrooms. <laughs> We're not that open about it. Who knows? But in the men's locker room, he's like, you can tell guys that have come in there together, they don't even make eye contact. And then they're on the stairs up to the co-ed part. Then they start talking again. But like, there's always one guy who won't take off his shorts. <laughs> and like, there are men that are just completely uncomfortable with it. Women were like, yeah, whatever. We're just all going to be naked. It's just a, it's a happy little sauna-y titty factory. It's a good time in there. For next 24 hours after that, I just kept going up to people and say, touch me. Just feel my skin. <laughs> and it seemed very weird in the moment, but then people were actually would touch my wrist and be like, oh, what did you Whoa. do? This is amazing. And you can buy the little, it's this little yellow scrub brush that they use. It's, if anyone wants to know what this is, I will send you a link to where you can buy it. It's like $3 and I use it on myself regularly. It's just, oh, but yeah, you, it's, you feel so nurtured and taken care of. But yeah, that was part of our, our trip out here was We Spa. And it was so much, and we went with one of our guests from the show. Kate Kennedy. Kate was so much fun to hang out with. She was, we hung out with uh, Kate and with uh, Sylvia and Sylvia was fucking hilarious. <laughs> we went to the Magic Castle with Sylvia Sage. And it was so fun because we also ran into some of her other friends who are comedians in the area. Magic, dick jokes. It kind of goes hand in hand. Whenever we were sitting in the front row, if you've ever been to the Magic Castle, like you go room to room and there are shows happening all night. You know, it's so big. I don't think there's one main stage show, but like you keep going around. There is, but you normally have to buy dinner to get into the main stage show. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's like there are a bunch of shows that we, you know, went around and we were there with our friend uh, DJ Grothy, who he's a magician and He's been, you know, involved in the Magic Castle for a decent number of years. Everyone knew him. And we ended up kind of sitting front row for a lot of these. And when you're front row at someone doing like close-up magic, they interact with you. And of course, interacting with Alice and I at a porn star, <laughs> that's just a dangerous decision. And they did not know the creature. They were inter... I'm sorry to anyone who ends up doing this with us. I'm so sorry. Ma'am, what is your favorite card? Well, it's either six or a nine. And then we had to discuss which one of us was the top. Well, well, when you do it sideways, is there ever really a top? I mean, I'm all for equality here. Oh, baby. You're welcome. It's a good time. So it was a good time. And Alice got to see my my new place that is uh, working on being less of a disaster. Patreon only content. Yeah, it's we're not going to get too far into that because y'all don't want to hear about it. But um, how to phrase this? Moving is difficult. It is even more difficult when not only do you have to clean out your old place, you have to clean out your new place too. It's been a bit of a nightmare. Sorry if you follow me on Cybabe. Sorry that I've been doing less content. I've been under a pile of boxes. But Alice saw the disaster that it is over here. And she's, yeah, thank you for saving me for a few hours from that. I didn't mind. And I had such a good time in the LA area. I mean, honestly, if it wasn't for the traffic and the fact that you guys have to drive everywhere, it would be very appealing to me. But I'm a Manhattan girl. And at the end of the day, I mean, I love a New York a minute. While even I was out there, I felt like I was hustling all the time and getting stuff done, which I mean, I'm a very efficient person. Don't get me wrong. But even on vacation mode. You're the most efficient person I know. (laughs) On vacation mode. I can't vacation. (laughs) I think you would have to be tied down to and be told that the internet is no longer working and you'll be like, I can find carrier pigeons. Like, I think that's your your mode of, of work. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Someone needs to get shit done. It's certainly not me. I mean, maybe just being tied down and sedated is a Tuesday night. Mm. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? I mean, <laughs> you weren't here on a Tuesday. That was a fatal flaw in my plan. Correct. And then I went straight to Barcelona. And right now, I know you guys can't see this, but I'm wearing a Erotica Museum 
t-shirt. There was a picture of her embracing a giant dick. It wasn't dreads. And we're not talking about a politician. A lot of people said they were like, is this dreads? And I'm like, I know, but it's not. But it is. I mean, that is the feeling you get when you find the holy grail of dicks. You just wrap your arms, your legs, your entire body around it. This thing was at least like five foot five. That dick deserved love. I've dated men that were shorter than that. I went to the museum alone. So I'm there basically talking to these women whose their main language is Spanish and basically saying, hey, can you take a photo of me while I ride this dick? And yo necesito una fotografía de me, de, de yo y esta pinga. Puedes hacerlo, por favor. For all of our Spanish-speaking listeners, I am sorry about how bad that was, but I think it was close. If you want to correct Yvette's Spanish, please write to us at info at twogirlsandonemike.com. My accent is normally a little better than that when I'm concentrating, but my, my Spanish is passably not bad, uh, I will give it. But I have to say, though, I really loved the museum. So if you're ever in Barcelona for one reason or another, go. Yes. Aside from seeing the holy grail of dicks, first off, it's not every day I get to look at buttholes drawn in the 1800s and I'm going to post drawings for our patrons. Oh my God. There was this one specific artist I loved. He's an Austrian artist called Peter uh, Fendi and it's essentially cartoonishly drawn figures where uh, you have like a lady being fucked while pirouetting on a horse or being pile driven while your partner plays the violin, you know, just very romantic and comedic scenes like that. All of which I'm sure you've done. This reminds me of some of the paintings that I saw when I took a um, educational trip to the armory in San Francisco. Educational. Uh, but that's, I love that we live in an era in which you have a favorite butthole painter. Oh, I know. I, I never really was. I mean, I've always enjoyed art. I feel like I've never truly appreciated it. But now when you see like the goat sea of the 1700s, it's different. The Goatsy of the 1700s. Of course, unlike modern Goatsy, you have to plan to go see that. You have to make a trip. It's as opposed to someone like no one could slip that into your mailbox accidentally, which makes it an inferior Goatsy, I think. <laughs> I don't think they had an 1800s tub girl, though. Oh, God, please don't. <laughs> oh, God. It's don't, please. I'm telling you now, do not. It kind of like, you know how. Don't someone, Google it. No. If you don't know what we're talking no, about, just stop right now. Just skip this part. I know this is bad given the name of our podcast. I have never seen the two girls, one cup clip. And it's because whenever somebody says, oh, this tastes awful. Here, taste this. I'm like, no, you just told me it tastes bad. <laughs> I, I know not to eat the thing. That, like, And that's the thing. I won't look at something if I know if someone said this is horrible. So I've seen Tub Girl. I'm telling you this tastes bad. Well, that's why I'm so skeptical about eating asshole. That's what I'm saying. Now, if and you know what? You're going to learn something new about me every day. If the asshole has been thoroughly cleaned, indeed, uh, eating asshole can be a fun experience for the whole family. Wait, that's not right. <laughs> you know what? If it is a thing that you and your partner are into, enough of a thorough cleaning and indeed eating asshole does not, uh, will not resemble poop eating. At le- You know, I've never eaten poop, so I wouldn't know. If you want to learn about incest laws, um, so go back a few episodes to a Japanese game show porn where we talk about that with Missy Martinez because you're welcome. We're sorry. And we feel that all our listeners should be educated oh, on incest laws in each state. Uh, yeah, we saw way too much. And like, it was a five minute porn and it was too much like watching someone crying whilst fucking their quote daughter through a screen was that was a lot 
Whew, we've seen some things on this show, haven't we? Yes. So two more quick things I do want to bring up about the museum. Oh, yeah. I saw the newest way you need to organize your dildos. And I sent you that oh, photo. Yes. So, guys, you have obviously seen uh, trophy hunters mounting heads of animals on the walls. But now, have you seen dicks mounted in the same way on your walls? If you're not doing that, what are you? Are you living? What are you doing with your life? That is what you need with your dildo collection. Whether whether or not they are on a wall for the world to, to see in a display, as they should be. Because you should be proud of all your dicks. Or in a private collection, display them loudly and proudly. Like an art piece. Exactly. And when our penis is not... Like, gentlemen, you are so proud of your penises, you will send pictures of them to unsuspecting women, which I know none of you who are listening to the show are doing because we've given you enough lectures on it. But you know what? Why not display the extra ones you have in a drawer? Why not? They're so pretty. Someone put time and effort into making those for you. <laughs> oh, so speaking of dicks. Oh. I got a toy. Alice whipped out a dick. I'm so I love <laughs> it when Alice whips out her dick for me. I mean, this isn't mine. No, it's bigger. Um <laughs> yours is bigger or this one's bigger? Oh, like, mine I is. just I feel like I would have seen that. Did you just have it tucked? Here's a fun trick it does though. So hold on. <gasps> What's she is holding a, it appears to be a suction cup one that you can just onto the wall. Yeah, so I'm holding a suction cup dildo, and I think <gasps> Alice... Did- is that some sort of a controller to it? Because it if- is. Hold on. I want to make oh sure it's God. on. Wait, I think I screwed up the batteries. We're having technological difficulties with our wall-sticking penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we are Jesus. Um, I think this is amusing. I love that we, we've I- uh, recently discussed there's a blowjob robot now in hospitals, and we just talked about this with uh, in our conversation with our friend Brian. Like there was recently released in a, whenever I hear scientists have discovered this new, or have invented this new thing for your penis, I'm like, this is either going to be amazing or horrifying. And there was this basically a blowjob robot made for hospitals when people needed to give a sperm sample and were too embarrassed to jerk off. And I'm like, you know, robots might be going too far. Okay, hold on. <gasps> you seem very excited. So I'm guessing we, I got it on. All right. It's rotating. It, so it connects to the wall and it, it, oh my God, the tip is, is going in a circle. Yeah. I got a rotating dildo. My first one. That's a rotating dildo. I'm sorry, but if you ever had a dick kind of like twitch inside you a little bit, oh, that's magic. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to test drive that. I definitely am going to need more information on, on this toy after the test drive. Cause I'm just sorry. It's not every day you have a dick that swivels. No. (laughs) Yvette, we did review a porn this week and- We did Debbie Does Dallas. Yeah. And by the way, this is our first episode since January where it's just you and I reviewing a porn. I missed us so much. I mean, I don't mind company, but sometimes I need some alone time. You know, threesomes are great. Every so often, we just have to have some plain old girl on girl, some girl time. Just you, me, and a rotating dick. Oh, God. There was so much dick in this movie, too. Yeah, and there were so many girls. All right, so let's talk about some of the, shall we say, the themes in this movie. Number one, 70s porn, the more I've watched of, like, different eras of porn, 70s porn's really fucking rapey. Like, wow. Yeah. Let me put it this way. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, it wasn't that bad. No, 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 go back. It was bad. And watch 70s porn. Watch Debbie Does Dallas. And you know where comedically they're like, oh, no, I don't want this. And then, oh, actually, 
way. It's more like they're pushing men off and yeah. eventually submit. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, you know, it's there's a scene where the girl goes into the record store looking for the job. And the first thing that she's asked is, what experience have you had before? Well, I had this job at the flower store. What happened there? Uh, the guy got fresh with me and the guy's looking like, oh, shit, you can't get fresh with her. Well, maybe I overreacted. Like, it's instant that he's grabbing her. It's like, Jesus Christ, this is very... Uh, and I mean, I know it's porn. I'm not sitting here going, uh, you know, this is the time for a lesson on how to treat women. But like, I'm surprised at how uh, different the, you know, culture. Yeah. But I mean, I know I shouldn't be. I've seen Mad Men and everyone's told me that it was worse <laughs> than Mad Men shows it to me back then. But like, wow, they were not up on consent back in the day. Yeah, no. Um, so we've definitely progressed as a society. Yeah. But I would love to tell you a little bit about the history and some of the things I I found out about yeah, the background yeah. of this porn because first off, this is a 1978 classic. It's one of the top five grossing porns of all time. Wow. You know, we're talking about, you know, an era before home video. People went into theaters to see this one. It's, I mean, that was one of the few places you could get porn at the time. Mm-hmm. And the plot of the film, if you've never, I mean, everybody's heard of Debbie Does Dallas in a passing joke or something, but the actual plot is fairly simple. The film focuses on a team of cheerleaders attempting to earn enough money to send the title character to Texas to try out for the Texas Cowgirls. <laughs> Not a knockoff of Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders at all. Not at all. <laughs> but what's really interesting, so first off, Yvette, can you guess how many sequels and additions to the entire Debbie Does Dallas collection there are, not including spinoffs? Let's see. How about, I'm going to throw a number out, over 50? Less. It's actually 12. Like I said, throwing a number out, but 12 You is... were overly enthusiastic. Look, you know, there was... Maybe it takes a lot of money for Debbie to get to Dallas a second time. Inflation. I don't know. Well, it had a fair amount of spinoffs. So it had at least four spinoffs, including uh, Debbie Does Dishes, which is Nina Hartley, <gasps> uh, guest of the show, one of her most famous roles. But nice. here's what I found as an amazing kicker. So the most recent Debbie Does Dallas was in 2007. What? Yeah. We have to watch that and see how different it is. Oh, you're going to love the plot. Let's hear it. Debbie dies as it, and is reincarnated in the body of another cheerleader. I oh, <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know where to start on this. Like, whose vagina is it then, really? Like, are you, are you literally fucking with a stolen pussy then? Is that what's happening or no? Which cheerleader is having the sex? This is an important question in our time. Maybe it alludes to the 70s lack of consent. Oh, this is true. Maybe. Oh. Nothing's changed at all, man. It's just stealing bodies now. Is Debbie a full-grown cheerleader who's now possessing soon-to-be-dead or dead cheerleaders? Or does she get reincarnated as an infant and grow up with her life mission to suck cock? I don't know. I need to watch and find out. And it's funny because it seems like Debbie did not start out on this mission. This mission was thrust upon her, quite literally. Well, actually, before we get into the plot, a couple more things I do want to bring up. So yes, yes, yes. There's also, get this, a musical. There was, a, I believe, a Broadway musical, yes? Like a full... Off-Broadway. Oh, it never made it? Oh. But I mean, still, like, I remember that coming because, yeah. I was a theater major once upon a time. Yeah, I do remember there was a Debbie Does Dallas musical. And now I want to... 
Now I want to know how much sexing there was in the thing. Zero. There's no sex or nudity. There's actually uh, musical numbers standing in for the sex scenes for comedic effect. So I'm sorry. But I mean, they had a fair amount of plot to work off. But before we get into the plot, there was so much I found out actually about why this movie became as big as it did. And there's really three reasons. Let's hear. First off, how do you think this movie was financed? Uh, not a clue. I mean, we're talking about the 70s. It was a much more sketchy time. The mob. Wow. Yeah. Not surprised, but still taken aback. Mickey Zarafano financed uh, Jim Clark, the director, his work for this. And... Actually, Mickey also came up with the marketing strategy and the poster. The marketing strategy for this film was, and this is pretty brilliant, to get sued. Oh my God. Yeah. That's kind of not surprising at all. Like it's early in my career, I was told the easiest way for you to get uh, notoriety or for you to get publicity as someone doing what you do, get a lawsuit against you. And I I was a little disturbed by that because I'm like, I can't afford a lawsuit, but yeah. Get yourself sued. It'll get you a ton of publicity. And that's why when you watch the film or the most classic scenes, they have the blue and white, what looks like very similar of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders outfits. And that's why they were trying to do it. They were egging them so to get sued. And they did. And then there was a second lawsuit actually in reference to the copyright of the film. And actually the interesting part about that is It went back and forth so frequently that at the very end, it was determined that the film was actually going to be public domain. So there is no copyright on it. Anyone, literally anyone, you, you at home listening to this can make your own Debbie Does Dallas. We should do a dramatic reenactment for a live show. Can it be a one woman show? We're a team, bitch. Okay. (laughs) I mean, we need someone to act the creepy guy in every scene. And I'll take one for the team on that. And I mean, I am blonde, so I guess I'll be Debbie. I guess I'll resist your advances. You know what? It's 2018. I'll, I'll say no before throwing money at you. The other thing that made this famous was because this was so involved with the mob, the FBI was involved. I'm sorry, there had to have been some FBI agents jerking it at their desks. Like, this was might have been before they had really good surveillance, even at the FBI. That and, oh, here is a story from my time, quote, not my time working at the government. In other words, this was from a guy that I knew from when I worked at the government. There was definitely a guy known as, I'm going to change his name. He was actually not. His nickname was Porno Bob because apparently his name was Bob and he worked there before me. Eventually was fired for this, but kept watching porn at his desk, like had live webcam girls up at his desk constantly. So yeah, you know the FBI was jerking it to this. Before I get back to this story, I actually did know a guy who worked for Central Intelligence Agency who, and I kid you not when I say this, he watched porn for hidden messages uh, from extremist factions being potentially communicated through oh my porn. God. Yeah. So oh Lord. who knows? Maybe ISIS and or Al-Qaeda is communicating through your porn. That's a different episode, I think. Maybe. That feels a lot like the satanic panic of the 80s. Let's listen to the records of Twisted Sister backwards and we might hear follow Satan if we listen close enough. However, though, this was a thing. Wait, what? Yeah, this wasn't a satanic panic thing. This was a recent thing, actually, in the last 10 years. But, I mean, were people actually putting messages into... No. 
Like, was it working? <laughs> I'll see if I could get him on the show. I can't guarantee it. I'm sorry, but like, I'm too busy trying to like make sure there's enough blood so I don't... Pa- like, I get it. There's not exactly like a huge flow of blood to your clitoris. But like, I feel like I'm too concentrating on an orgasm to be like, what? Well, was there a clip in there saying join ISIS? I should consider that. Like, that's... I'm confused about how the marketing... Like, who's sitting there in the Middle East going, you know, we need more suicide bombers. Maybe we should splice some advertising into someone i'm fascinated by how this how this conversation came about look all i'm saying is just be very wary of the porn you're watching from azerbaijan or the middle east that's all i'm saying okay (laughs) just stick to the stuff from la if suddenly you're like you know those guys from al-qaeda seem all right like after you've you've had an orgasm it's you need to think twice on that it could be (laughs) it could be that you've been reached by subliminal messaging with it that's been spliced tyler durden penis style into the porn oh my god What ended up happening, actually, so there was an investigation called My Porn, short for Miami Pornography. It allowed agents to go for the first time undercover in an obscenity case. And here's the crazy part. Mickey Zarafano was arrested, the mob boss. But on the day he was arrested, they did it on St. Valentine's Day Massacre. They took 400 agents to arrest 53 people for mob work under really interstate transportation of obscene material. I assume they were mostly mob, but I'm not totally certain about that. I need to look into it a little bit more. But I wonder how much of it was they were using the obscenity case as a way to get to the mob. Like that seems so strange because like, yeah, if they were following them because they were in the mob, like you would think they would know about this far before the obscenity case. But like, I wonder if it just seemed like an easier open and shut case that they could prosecute separate from the mob issue. Like people are It's weird. Well, that's a thing. They were using the money, you know, to fuel mob activity at the time. So this is not the same thing nowadays, just to clarify. But yeah, so two, three million, like from Debbie Does Dallas was racked in the first year to go towards potentially mob activity. But the agents who went undercover, the specifically two that went undercover for Operation My Porn, they actually went undercover for years. Unfortunately, ended up traumatized to the point that the FBI had to change the rule book so no one could go undercover for longer than six months after that. Oh my God. Was the trauma from the stuff that happened with them with the mob or was it, was it just from all the cum shots? I I'm curious. Had to maybe a bit of both. Yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that being undercover for that long can fuck with your head, no matter what the assignment is. Yeah. I can't even imagine, especially at a time where it was more involved in illicit activity. Yeah. yeah. I wish I wasn't so, I, I, I'm sitting here with my mouth not able to form coherent sentences. So I think it's probably time to get onto the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, Debbie wants money to go to Dallas to audition for the Texas cheerleader thing, which is obviously the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and they need to find a way to make money fast. The girls scheme up in the locker room. So, and bear in mind, this is, you have about 20 girls who are talking to each other, and this is where they lost me already. Yeah, it's, they're all kind of naked-ish. No, 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 no. They didn't lose me on all being naked and the close-ups on the tit shots. I didn't care about that. They lost me when they could hear each other speaking in the shower. I'm sorry, if I'm in the shower, 
shower and I hear Bullshit. running water, I can't hear shit. Yeah. I'm like, look, I'm trying to just get all the smell of accumulated human off of me for the day. And there's just, there's water. Like I can barely hear you when I'm taking a good poo. Uh, water running from 17 faucets? Nah. No. Nah. That's a plot but hole. But I mean, I give them a little kudos on the cinematography because this was very old school cinematography. Like it'd be a girl lifting up a shirt and you'd see like just the camera framed around the tit as she's taking the shirt off. And I'm like, that is some old school uh, framing. It was done so casually, like cut into the framing of everything. It wasn't like, oh, and now we're revealing a boob, but it was very deliberate. Yes. It was interesting that it was both very deliberate, like here, we're showing you this tit and also like, oh, she's just lifting her shirt. I enjoyed that from it. It was very old school. However, another thing I take contention to is they come up with a company name called Teen Services. Now, I'm assuming there's no LLC. Do you think they properly registered this? I don't, I don't think so. I do so. not think they incorporated. I, I don't think that they were like, we should incorporate in Delaware because that will save us on our taxes. I don't think that's a thing that came up whilst they were whilst they were scheming this. I think there was more babysitter's club, only not. But their plan is, they're like, we'll just call this teen services and we're going to do whatever we can to get jobs. And they have two weeks to raise the money. To send not only Debbie, but they all want to join her. All of them. All of them. Like, And I mean, I get it. It's the 70s. Women can't. I don't know if by this year women are allowed to have credit cards on their own yet, but I'm also guessing teenagers can't get one at this point, or at least not 16-ish year old. Or Sorry. Are they supposed to be 18 at this point? Or like they're teenagers? Well, that's a thing, actually. Remember when we spoke with Missy and she said that in a lot of movies, they have to have a plot device where they mention they're 18? Yeah. Later on the, in this film, they do mention 16. 16. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed because there was a guy that was like, yeah, 16-year-old tits. I'm like, uh, was this filmed in New Hampshire where 16 is legal? This was filmed in New York. Was 16 legal at the time or did they just like, cause I mean, we know these women were above the age or they looked legal. Like, you yeah. know, how you can tell for the most part by looking at someone, if they're, they had the look of someone in their twenties or early twenties ish. They did not look prepubescent. They didn't look like high schoolers. Oh God, no. These were grown women. I mean, it's just like in yeah. the sitcoms where you hire someone who's 28, 29 to play an 18 year old. Yeah, it's like there was nothing about this that made you go, "Oh, I'm I'm a pervert." This is obviously a you know a high schooler, but it's like it's also weird that they're like, "We're gonna pretend they're 60. Uh, could you at least have pretended they were high school seniors? So I'm curious, actually, when that law came into place, where people have to in the movies mention as a plot device that they're 18 and or around that age. Yeah, yeah, because that was definitely apparently not a thing. I mean, again, they were already breaking rules with obscenity laws in New York filming this thing. I'm just curious between when then and now that happened. Guys, I will find out for you and I will deliver yep. because I do. I'm very <laughs> curious because it threw me off when they said 16 because like we're so used to like in step sibling porn or in something where it's like, you know, where there's someone who's, you know, barely legal. I'm so glad I just had my 18th birthday. Like there's always a stupid little way that they fit it in. And they kind of deliberately were like, they're teenagers in mm -hmm. this. And it's like, this is not a thing that would happen now. 
But after they decide they're forming this LLC, or sorry, not forming this LLC, they're starting teen services. They start getting jobs. Oh, yeah. And I want to point out one last thing about the shower scene. Whenever there is a shower scene, have you ever noticed how filthy the bums and the boobs are in all these porn stars? Such filthy tits. They have to keep rubbing them over and over again until they get all that dirt off. I've done that in the shower, but only after... No, wait, hold on. After a cum shot? Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of cum shots, I have an issue with one of the cum shots that we're going to discuss later. There were a few that I had had problems with. Yeah. So let's talk about the jobs they got first. So, and by the way, I'm going to say a bunch of names because in this film, you have a team of cheerleaders. It's not only two, three characters. There's a lot of girls and a lot of banging. So I didn't catch all the names. I did. I'm like, there's a Roberta in there. There are like six others. And I, yeah, that's all I got. (laughs) So you don't have to remember them. We will walk you through. But Tammy takes a job at a local record store run by Creepy Tony. Oh, yeah. And Tammy was what I mentioned earlier who said, you know, she goes into the record store. Do you have experience? Worked at the flower shop. What happened? The boss got fresh. Well, maybe I overreacted. And the first time we see her working in there, like she's on a ladder and she's getting off the ladder and he helps her down by grabbing her directly by the boob. Like he, like I said, this is, it's very seventies non-consensual. Yeah. Uh, Debbie gets a job at a sports store run by Mr. Greenfield. Roberta convinces Mr. Hardwick to give her a job at the candle store with Mrs. Hardwick. <laughs> oh God. That, <laughs> was, that was one of my Hardwick. Yeah. Oh yeah. They've, mm. they've, mm. And uh, Ricky and Andy agree to wash Mr. Bradley's car. And there is also Ashley decides to take a job at a tennis court. But first we see actually, uh, so the football team is annoyed by the lack of sex. Roberta's boyfriend, Rick, and his teammates join Roberta and Pat in the showers where they have a group sex. And the one thing I noticed was there was this one guy who just went straight into pile driver. Yeah, like the very beginning of the scene, I was like, dude, like, and this is, I think we started <laughs> talking about this with Kate on the podcast. It was like, dude, you can't do pile driver all. It might have been Kate Kennedy when we had her on. On a slippery shower floor of all places. Yeah, like, and it, let's make this the most dangerous thing we could possibly do. Let's not snap her neck. <laughs> oh my, yeah, the angle they had her at, I'm like, something's gonna break here. Like, did they have like one one actress to start this character and they they aborted mission on the pile driver because they're like, oh fuck, we killed this one. Like, it seemed like a hazardous thing to try out because we never actually saw the penis going into a hole. We just saw the positioning starting and like the angling and then cut to the next scene. Everybody else starting with blowjobs and Kalingas, the one fucker goes to the side. He's like, we're going to do pile driver. driver. (laughs) We're going hard, baby. We're doing, we're doing this one to start. Imagine where we're going to be in 15 minutes. I'm going to be fist deep in something. Oh, I had a few thoughts on what, cause they're like lying down on the shower. Cause like, I don't know about you. I've had, if you've been in a relationship for long enough or just, you know, been a human being above a certain age, you've had some shower sex, but like not on a public restroom floor. Like it's, there's something about that, that even though I'm sure, or I hope they scrubbed it down with a lot of bleach. Like I'm just sitting there going, Oh my God, Listeria, you're going to get sick. Like there is something very, and I'm not a germaphobe, but I also am like, but there was a cum shot in that. I think it might've been that scene that bugged me. There was one that was like right outside of the vagina and it was not, it would just kind of seemed a little wet and a little limp to me. It happens. I want more out of my cum shots. They can't all be perfect. They can't all be six minutes. (laughs) 
Um, you, I love watching your brain short out a little whenever we mention that one. This is something I'm eventually have to get a, going to speak to my therapist about. What do you want to talk about today, Alice? Your parents? My six minute cum shot experience. What? <laughs> this is going to take many months of unpacking. Who has that much fluid? It all started when I was a child in Poland. Then we go back to Debbie. So Debbie is working for Mr. Greenfield at his sports store and he gets fresh right away. Very quickly. Oh yeah. So he wants to pay Debbie $10 to see her breasts and then another $10 to fondle. And as he pays, you know, for example, to see her breasts, he goes straight for the grabbing. And then when he pays for the grabbing, he goes straight for the licking. So each time it's, he's pushing the boundaries. Yeah. And every time I felt uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And I'm like, I get it again. It's porn. And a lot of like, we have repeated some of the un-PC lines that they said on this un-various porns. Cause we're like, all right, we want to tell you the line, but like, and we've said, you know, their words, people push boundaries and porns. This is so far off what would be normal and acceptable in porn now that it, it was jarring to watch. It really uh, like, was. And I mean, like seeing someone say, I'll give you $10 to see your tits, just to look. And then he, not even a, a pause, immediately hands on them, immediately mouth on them. Like he just kept pushing. And I'm like, my notes literally say in all caps, well, this isn't rapey at all. It's like, I was that surprised. And I want to be clear that I've seen enough of the Eastern European girl walks home on a sidewalk and guy asks if she's a model and then decides to pay her cash to take off her top and have sex. I've seen enough of those. Yeah. Those were completely fine in comparison to this. And just to clarify, so uh, he sucks them for an additional $20. So she only makes 40 bucks out of this uncomfortable exchange. A girl needs to up her value. I mean, I get it. There's been inflation. So 40 then might be worth quite a bit more now. But 60. at the same time, bitch, those tits were gorgeous. You should have charged more. Your boobs were lovely and you're you're worth more than just the $10 that Mr. Greenfield gave you. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. This does inspire though, Debbie, to raise more money through oh, yeah. more creative means. And there was another thing that bugged me about that. Oh. At the end of it, she said, if you don't stop right now, I'm going to tell my mother. And that's what stopped him. Somehow telling her mother stopped him. It was very strange. Yeah. Oh, I just found something in my notes from the last uh, scene. The cum shot that really bugged me within the shower scene, someone got cum directly in their eye. Oh, that's never fun. And it stayed there. And I'm like, you know what? Like, this is why one should wear glasses for this type of sex. I'm just saying. That's why I wear goggles when I have sex. Obviously. I mean, that and for eating grapefruit. You can't take that kind of risk. No, especially when I'm grapefruiting guys. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if you are unaware of grapefruiting, look up grapefruiting your man and be warned there are noises that go with this. Yeah, that's a thing. You might need the same kind of therapy that guy who was in undercover for the FBI was. I'm just saying. For those that need therapy after uh, grapefruiting, uh, I'll give you my therapist. Uh, she's already hearing about the six minute long cum shot. So, and if you can't afford therapy, I live in California. I recommend cannabis. Go for the cannabis. It'll at least make you not give a shit. Debbie convinces the other girls to engage in sexual activities for money. They agree only if it's on their terms. It's such an amazing scene because at one point, you know, and it's, it's kind of, I like to call it, it's high school acting or as some people put it. Yeah. I have a theater degree acting. Oh, I could tell (laughs) conversations that I've heard before. At one point she says, before we go any further, is everyone in on this method of making extra money? <laughs> like that was an actual line in this. And it's like, they just kind of 
casually and uh, very matter-of-factly in a locker room in various states of undress, we're like, well, let's show our boobs and suck some penis for money. Who, you know, this is a thing that, trust me, this is absolutely what happened in my high school locker room when we were, we were on the volleyball team and needed to find a way to get new uniforms. I don't know about you, but we were all like lying about how few things we'd done in terms of sexual activity when I was in high school. That was more like it. Yeah. I mean, I felt too self-conscious to take any clothes off during high school. If anything, in a locker room, I put more clothes on. Oh, yeah. It was like, all right, I can change, but first I have to I have to hide behind a locker and put one thing off and put things over. I can put your face the lock. Yeah. Yeah. There's one foot into my backpack, just Mary Poppins myself into it. Oh, yeah. I'd actually go to Narnia first. Come back. What happened? Why did you bring this goat with you? Oh, it was Narnia. Mm. Things that happen. Right after these ladies launched this illicit business, Roberta, we see her working at the candle store. Oh, and yeah. So she decides to masturbate with a candle. Oh, yeah. And I mean, she gets a call. Tom, you're not supposed to call me on this. It's a private line. And as she's on the phone, a tit pops out. You know, and in the back of your head, you're like brown chicken, like the porn beats are happening in your brain, and she is starting to go at it. And she's, she's also on the job while she's doing this. Yeah, she's doing this. She's fucking herself with a candle, and all of a sudden, the wife of the owner pops in. And I, I want to consult with someone to see if there, you know, obviously there are issues with fucking yourself with a candle, but I'm curious if this is how much of a sanitary risk of this. If you are a gynecologist or someone else who understands how bad for you fucking yourself with a candle might be, please email us info at twogirls1night.com. But yeah, all of a sudden the wife of the owner of the shop comes in, let's sit and talk. And she's all handsy. And all of a sudden Mr. Hardwick is in there. And it seemed like a vaguely, uh, like it started off kind of like, let's push you into having a threesome with us, which uh, this town needs a brothel. By the way, do you know who the actress was who played the wife? No, I did. I missed that. Robin Bird. And I don't know if that name sounds familiar or not, but she actually was a host of the Robin Bird show, which, which has been on least access cable TV in New York since 1977. It's even had a couple of SNL skits about it. What? It's yeah. still, and it's still going? Oh my God. I think so. How do we get her on the show? I'll figure it out. You know me. I'm resourceful. We need to get her to tell. So what was it like being in the, one of the biggest porns of all time? <laughs> we need to know this. And one of the things that I was amused with with this scene, because when she got this job at the candle store, she was, you know, talking, ran into Mr. Hardwick on the sidewalk. And he said, Roberta, remember I talked about earning extra money with a special job. Uh, I didn't know that's what you had in mind for the special job. This town needs a fucking brothel because all they seem to have for entertainment is high school girls that they have to really push themselves on. And it's weird. No, the weirdest part of this scene was a score because during while Mr. Hardwick is fucking her. And I kid you not, I couldn't unhear this. Listen to the score. It sounds like the instrumental version of I can't help falling in love with you. Oh my God. There were some score issues. During a penetration scene, it was a weird penetration score. Why? Why choose that one? There were a couple different scenes that there was some oddly upbeat and like it sounded like the kind of music that you get that's not copyrighted that you can put over the background of any YouTube video. It's kind of, kind of happy and musacky, And it's just like, it was, some of the music was kind of like, this doesn't match banging, a you know, barely legal or almost not legal ish girl on the floor of your business. It just seemed 
look, I'm saying porn has evolved and for the better. Oh, and post that score, we switch from the romanticish score to all of a sudden like a marching band of Ricky and Annie going to Mr. Bradley's to wash his car. Oh Just, God. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so at least for the scene in which they are going to wash the car, this was, I would say, the least rapey of them all because the girls are, they're like, hey, we're here. There's a thing we're doing. We're running this business. You can tell, like they, it's kind of their suggestion. They come on to him. Yeah, so they go, they wash his car. Of course, they're, all wet afterwards. We need to go in and change. And here's the kicker. So they go inside to get out of their wet clothes and they start propositioning him. This is the kicker though, because the acting, the delivery was so terrible. Oh yeah. It sounds like, like when we're making fun of this, it sounds like- You'd be surprised what we can do. Sure, there isn't Anything else we can do for you, Mr. Bradley? Like, if I asked you to undress, how much would it cost me? And they look at each other in unison. $10. Like, who discussed this rate? Who said nakedness is 10 bucks? People who run a business called Teen Services, that's who discusses rate. So maybe they had discussed that, huh? Oh my God. Maybe they had. I'm just saying, this is where I think people need to communicate more clearly because they take off their clothes. And then they said, is that what you want? Is there anything else we can do for you, Mr. Bradley? I'll give you $25 to let me kiss you all over. Now, here's the thing. Kissing, of course, where does kissing and the line between kissing all over and oral sex stop? Because suddenly he's kissing their lady parts and that, you know, it's kind of kissing. It's also kind of sex, uh, but it's like all of a sudden there. And I mean, it's very clear when he starts kissing. It's French kissing the clitoris. Yeah, exactly. And it was also very clearly pornolingus. Like we, oh, could, yeah. we could see all of that. It was pretty bad pornolingus, but it starts off and it looks like, you know, it did look like a threesome in which everyone was down and enjoying it. And I mean, she was definitely by the end of it saying, oh, fuck my ass. I'm like, you're getting it in the hole you asked for. So I'm glad everyone in the scene wanted to you know, at least according to the script, wanted this, <laughs> and they all seem very satisfied at the end. And uh, yep. then uh, they had to scurry because uh, his wife was coming home. So as you do, and then next scene. Now we're on to the library, as happens. So Donna is flirting with Mr. Bindle. And can you please describe for our audience, Mr. Bindle, Evette? If you have a dirty old man fetish, oh, this is the guy for you. Suit, <laughs> bit of a bald head. Oh, yeah. I am wet just thinking about it. A gray ring wow. of hair, too. Pocket protector. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you've got a thing for silver foxes, this is not that. But he is <laughs> old and gray, and he might uh, fucking do it for you. But, like, I think the kind of angry old man thing, mm, it's extra sexy. Because, you know, he asks, what's this business you're doing? And she kind of vaguely describes it. We provide services for everyone. You know, that kind of very vague. and Casually showing 90% of her leg. Yeah. She's on a little step stool ladder thing to fix the arrangements of the books. And her skirt, as she, you know, is just kind of going higher and higher up and then after he uh he leaves the scene suddenly her man shows up oh my god and her man tim holy thin stash afro and huge yeah. glasses <laughs> there were multiple tashes in this and i mean i'm just saying i think we should bring back the 70s tash i am all in favor of it i think it's because i've seen a handful of good mustaches lately like not just in porn but in the universe if the bush can come back the 70s stash can do it too 
yeah, I think we're ready for a 70s stash revival. I want, guys, send us some pictures of those lip caterpillars. We want to see them. We want to see those mustaches. But they have to be more 70s themed. So throw on an afro or style your hair or pop your collar 70s wise. No, don't pop your collar. Wait. That is still associated <laughs> with douchebaggery. But you know what? I like I feel like right now the 90s fashions are kind of back yeah. and repackaged. And the thing that made the 90s fashions, I know this is a tangent, but fucking go with me on this. The things that made the 90s fashion so wonderful was because like half of them were grunge and ha- like they all seem kind of all organic. And now it's like we're going to repackage everything and put it at Urban Outfitters for 17 times the cost of what you bought that old flannel for the first time and it bothers me so i say we go back to the 70s where everybody dressed like crap and didn't care here's your full bush you're welcome it's pussy and it's still amazing going back to the scene instead of having sex donna fellates tim and here's the thing Actually, here's the cum shot I had the problem with. Oh, okay. So he comes all over her face. She's working in the library. This is true. I'm sorry. Again, like whether you're masturbating in a candle shop, like do these girls have zero respect for their jobs? You just- Have their parents never instilled hard work into them? I say a blowjob. There's a reason they call it a job. That was hard work. There's suction. There is, there's a lot you're working with down there. Well, I'm not arguing it's not a job, but the dis- amount of discretion Maybe the, these ladies. The jobs need to not cross. All over the face. It, and she smeared it. Yeah. She, like, she used this as like a lotion. Aww. She lotioned her face with the semen. And I mean, I'm just saying that's a fun thing for adults to do together, but not on the job. Yeah. When you're not in a fucking library on the job. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their kink. So speaking of kinks. Yeah, exactly. At the end of this blowjob that we're kind of raising our eyebrow at, Mr. Riddle shows up and is very, very mad at what just happened. And she goes into his office and over and over and over again, just don't tell my parents. Don't tell my parents. Don't tell my parents. Crying. Oh, crocodile tears. Oh, yeah. You know the rules here. I swear to God, I'll never do it again. Stop crying and I won't tell your parents. What you need, young lady, is a good spanking. And I'm just the one to give you that spanking. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I, I thought this was going to lead to more than just the spanking. And I keep w- hoping, like, because eventually, like, he lifts up her skirt and pulls down her panties and he's kind of rubbing a little bit. And I'm like, where is this going to go? And it, you could tell he's getting it. I mean, this is on purpose, obviously. He's getting some pleasure out of this. He's like, oh yeah. But you can also tell by what happens after the scene that she knows that he got some some happiness out of that because like it's it's a good spanking scene i'll give them that but she leaves and her boyfriend's like is everything okay oh yeah we you know i talked to him about it everything's fine boyfriend's like wonder why he's being so cool about it <laughs> wonder why yeah And then we have a few more scenes. So we have Hamilton and his friend Ashley basically double team uh, Lisa in a sauna after a tennis game. Again, probably not the most sanitary of places. I must say, I feel like if the sauna was on, you're going to pass out very quickly. Like, that's just a lot of heat. You're going to dehydrate. Like, I I recommend sex in a lot of places, not a sauna. (laughs) That seems like a health hazard. That really does. I mean, they talk about like, don't let pregnant women go into saunas. Let's also have like a rule of like no blowjobs. 
We spa. Write that in. No blowjobs. No blowjobs in the saunas. This is why they are segregated by gender, mm. just to prevent the blowjobs. But then again, who knows what happens in the men's locker room? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> According to my husband, there is no talking and there's no eye contact. <laughs> it's like the guys are like, nope, we have to avoid everyone who has a penis. Then we have the record store where Tammy, who's been avoiding Tony's advances, calls her friend Lisa over, who joins them at the store and offers Tony anything. Again, worst negotiation skills ever. And this is what's wrong with our education system. We don't learn how to do taxes. We don't, these girls <laughs> clearly didn't learn how to negotiate. Like, nope. no wonder they're giving blowjobs to raise money for Texas. I mean, it's just, yep. I have no hope for these girls. I get it that you need money and it's a, a desperate situation, but how did these girls not plan this out earlier? Like, you knew that you wanted to go on this trip, start working two months ahead of time and start saving. Work, work with me on this. This was the 70s back when you could pay for an entire entire semester at college by working a summer job. Don't tell me you could not get a plane ticket with two months of work. Well, not only that, but look, I understand it's two weeks. They have to raise a specific amount of money within a certain amount of time. When Lisa offers Tony basically anything, and then they're like, well, we'll figure this out later. No, 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 no. You set your rates before that. Yeah. Because you can't negotiate post-cum. You can't do that. Exactly. If you ask for the money afterwards, like it's, you need that shit written down, or at least you need, there has to be a deposit of some sort before the come deposit. I'm just saying. But the girls do find a way to get everything paid for. So then we see right after that quick sex scene, we see yeah. Mr. Greenfield promising to pay for Debbie and her friend's entire trip. All of them. If she does something for him, that's wonderful. But what will I have to do? It'll be a surprise. Oh, baby. And so, of course, there's one other thing I wanted to point out because at some point there is a phone call back to the tennis court. Oh, my God. There is. All right. There is a phone. Like, and this is in the <laughs> fucking this 70s. This is the next scene. This is the next scene. I don't even remember who was calling who. It was just so uh, fucking ridiculous. There was one of those old like, rotary phones. Corded phones right next to, and I don't mean off the tennis court in like a little hut. I mean, next to the fucking net. Uh, net on the tennis court. It was like, they took the cord and like put it just out of view. So it's like, Oh, of course there's an outlet for this right here. I'm like, this is amazing. This is some high quality for the, <laughs> see, this is why cell phones make plot a little easier sometimes. I don't even remember what the conversation was about. No. It, it wasn't even a good plot device at all. Yeah. All I remember was seeing that phone and being like, fuck you. Like I was just, I was done for the rest of that. I'm like, nope, continuity error, continuity error. Nobody discussed this. If there's one reason to watch this porn, it is to see the scene where you see a rotary phone being called in the middle of a tennis court, unplugged for no reason. Just watch that and go, they did that. <laughs> oh my God. They like, I mean, there are enough plot holes in porn already. This one... Fuck you. Just fuck you guys. Like you're in, you managed to keep crime away from the government for that long and you can't fucking find another option other than a phone in the middle of nowhere with no plug. Like I get it. This might've been to be funny, be more clever, hire a, there were what? There were no comedy writers in the seventies. You could have found, fuck you, fuck you. I'm mad about this. Anyway. So Debbie, uh, does, she doesn't do Dallas, but she does some Greenfeld for sure. Yeah. So she, she got just, the phone. I'm oh sorry. God. I can't move past it myself. No, it's like, I'm, I just, 
Wow. It's a rotary phone in the middle of a tennis court unplugged. Like, they couldn't have found a payphone somewhere nearby. Like, that's not a thing. They could have spent three seconds figuring out, is there a payphone in this neighborhood we can go to? Like, it was filmed in New York. They had payphones. They had payphones. I understand it was suburbia, but they, exactly. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Like, payphones are everywhere because we didn't have cell phones yet. We didn't just plunk rotary phones next to each tennis court. You found them once in a while next to a tennis court, but I'm just saying I didn't expect it next to this tennis court. Mm. God, that was so crazy. It really was. Next to a tennis court. I love that this is the thing we're hung up on. <laughs> we're allowed to be. I mean, we do watch this for the plot. So. Like, watch it, and then you're going to see why we were so like, fuck you with this phone. Fuck you. Fuck literally with this phone. Take the receiver and just... Up an orifice. I'm going to see if I can possibly clip this for our Patreons, just so that way it's, they get a two-minute clip of why we're so angry. You've only heard us rarely being like, fuck you, this is no, and there's a reason why for this. So, yeah, so so Debbie did some banging. And I have to say, 70s sex in porn, it's like, it, there are some themes to how it works. Number one, it's it's a little more realistic to what sex looks like. It's kind of slow and fumbly and gropey and... There are no bleached assholes. And also the bodies are a lot more realistic. Yeah. And I mean, we're not saying this is, please, I hope nobody takes this as an insult because there's, you know, saying realistic still means they're beautiful bodies, but it's like, it doesn't look like anybody has been surgically altered past a certain point. It doesn't look like they spend six hours a day at the gym, even though they're in great shape. Like when somebody bends over, it looks like you can pinch them like a normal human being, exactly. you know, and it's kind of nice. It's an interesting break, but it's also... Um, uh, like, it also looks like it was the beginning of when they were learning, how do we film sex to make it look interesting? And it's very, very different. So Debbie dresses as a Texas cowgirl, and it wouldn't be complete if she didn't actually do the cowgirl as a Texas cowgirl. So she does. And so she goes upstairs where she's greeted by Mr. Greenfield, who pops out of a dressing room completely dressed in football oh. attire. With his dick hanging out. It was entertaining and cringy because at the beginning when she first comes into the store looking for a job, we see a glimpse of him imagining this scene that happens right here. Uh, so seeing him finally pop out, you know, dick out, football uniform, like they kind of charge around each other, like they're running around each other at the store until eventually onto the ground for some sex. And mm -hmm. it was, I don't want to call it anticlimactic. But like, yeah, they tried making it climactic at the very end where after the cum shot, they basically threw like a very cartoonish uh, touchdown on the screen. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they wrapped up with the credits. But like the sex itself, it was kind of like you could have thrown that anywhere in the movie and not had the uniform. And like it was just kind of it was OK. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm going, it was fine. I have to say, this movie did, though, have something for everyone yep. as far as variety. Yes. Now, that said, again, had a fair amount of plot holes. I would watch it just so you can appreciate modern day porn. Yeah. And this is one of the top grossing porns, as you said earlier. And it does make you realize how much better uh, porn is now. I think for the actors, I think for people trying to get, I don't want to say a realistic view of sex, but for people, if you're modeling your behavior on porn, which you should not, I would rather you not learn from something like this. My Lord, this is terrifying. Yeah. Pile driver in the shower. <laughs> oh, my God. 
like pile drivers a thing that you you need to warm up for like in terms of your limberness never mind the material on the floor you're using by the way if you're not familiar with what a pile driver is it's where the girl or guy is upside down you know doing a headstand basically and being fucked that way not safe just saying slippery surface not the safest no you're gonna lose a vertebrae and possibly a an ability to to stand if if you do that don't don't do that pile drive safely is what we're saying we are all about safety in your dangerous fucking but man like there were some things that i don't advise uh in this but i feel like there's a number of hazards where it's like a don't try this at home should be listed on the bottom of this film i'm not saying don't do shower sex it's a very enjoyable thing but shower sex in a public shower whoo like and i get it just a movie but like those floors are very fucking slippery and you don't know what's on that floor. Um, <laughs> that was a bit much for me. But yeah, fuck that phone. <laughs> God, it's the rotary phone. The rotary phone. I will not get over that. I don't blame I, you. I need, I need to get over that. I think between that and the fact that the girls were supposed to be 16, there were so many things about this that just made me go, oh my God, this is a classic? What? Oh yeah, and in, to go back to the beginning of this when we were talking about our last week, I have been cleaning out uh, the place that I've moved into um, because there were some things left by the previous tenant. I am understating that by a lot, uh, and Alice knows. You're saying that in the nicest way possible. There were a few (laughs) items, one or two. We weren't in any way cleaning up after a hoarder. Anyways, I found some of the things that we found were pornographic, which can be weird and wonderful. I found some wonderful books. There are some that are coffee table books for me after I've made sure that they're not sticky, but we found not one, but two copies of Debbie Does Dallas on VHS. So I feel like we should auction these off or something. Like if any of our listeners are dying to have a copy of Debbie Does Dallas. We'll figure something out. We should probably run a contest or something. Yeah. Guys, if you can think of a contest for us to run uh, so we could give away some of these Debbie Does Dallases uh, or one of them, yeah. I guess, email us info at twogirlsonemike.com. Yeah. There are some amazing old, uh, like, couple boxes of books, but we'll talk about this more offline to figure out what we can... uh... We can't guarantee whether or not they have dried semen on them from the 70s. We can't guarantee that. Nothing can be guaranteed. Nothing. But, I mean, there's... I believe I found Debbie Dose Dallas, and I believe I also found Deep Throat. You did find Deep Throat, because I saw that when I was over your place. Yeah. Not only did I find Debbie Dose Dallas, I found a collector's edition (laughs) of Debbie Dose Dallas. Yeah, the... uh, Like I said, the person who lived here before was someone who collected a lot of things in his life. And some of those were, this is why the digital era is wonderful. You can eventually have your porn buddy that either destroys all your porn or reads it off at your funeral to let everyone know. That's the nature of our relationship. I want you to read off everything at my funeral. Oh, I think I'll die first. Not even a question. I will do that proudly. Yvette was a person who lived loudly, loved deeply, and enjoyed her tentacle porn. Like, I think that should be an opening line at the thing. I think I think people should know. Yeah. I think you're the person to deliver that. I mean, is there anyone else aside from your porn buddy who would deliver that? I mean, I don't. I really can't see Derek doing that. He'll be grieving. He'll need someone. I mean, I'll send you to the grave with his dick. That's not even a question. This is true. Instead of most people holding, like, a locket or a flower. Yeah. Bury me with the clone of Willie. That's all I need. For 20% off clone of Willie. T-G-O-M-20. T-G-O-M. M20. Two girls, one mic. Bring it to your funeral or your friend's funeral. That might be a thing. If that's not a party favor for funerals, I don't know what is. I think funerals should be a celebration of life. And why not start with where all life starts with fucking? 
please don't do that. I, I feel there no, might do be it. phone calls. No. Nope. <laughs> if you go to a funeral with a replica dick, email us at info at twogirlsonmike.com. If you specifically go with a replica of the dead person's dick, <laughs> we want stories. <laughs> and I want photos and or a recording of the widow. I feel like that's a thing that has to happen at some point. This has to be drawn into a plot and a porn. Leroy. Leroy, call us. Leroy. This is why Alice and I didn't get into the good schools. No. We have these thoughts, so we run this podcast. So I think we're about wrapped up. I think this is a good place to end this. Oh, yeah. We're talking about bringing dildos to... to funerals. Funerals. Yeah, we're, we're done. Are we? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're toast. Uh, oh, wait. Hold on. We have some people to thank. God damn it. Oh, obviously. So these people help us bring dicks to funerals. <laughs> and they help us send microphones out to our guests, pay for our fantastic editor, and help us do this on a weekly basis because I have no idea how we'd be able to do this otherwise. Yeah, because my editing is slow and not as good. No, and I am a psycho. Um, <laughs> so this week we have to thank the following people. Craig Elliott, D. Miskina, Logan Waterman, Chris Valdi, Amanda Potter Cole, Andrew Gore, Bob Dole, John Wingle, Matthew Culp, Rowdy, Rich Harnell, and many more. And if you want to join us and get some fantastic minisodes and or talk to us and uh, get some additional clips and see what the hell we're doing and pictures of me taking photos of walls of dicks and riding a five-foot dick... I did not bring enough lube for that. No. Go to patreon.com slash two girls, one mic. You could also go to two girls, one mic.com. We have the link there at the support button. So thank you guys so much for all of this. And uh, I guess we'll see you all next week. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Bye. Bye.